Last week I taught on the subject forever settled. I'm going to recap and just go back over a little bit of what we went over last week. And I want to continue the subject forever settled. Look at somebody and say it's forever settled. Forever settled. If you weren't here last week, we talked about what God has already settled. We said that God is good all the time. Somebody look at somebody and say, God is good all the time. All the time. God is good. Now that's not just a catchphrase. That's the reality of who God is. Psalm 119.89 says this, forever, say forever, O Lord, my, thy word is settled in the heavens. God settled it a long, long time ago. I mean, you know, God doesn't change. He's not a man that he should lie. He does not change what he said. He, he, he meant what he meant. He said who he is, he will ever be. Who he was, he is. Who he is right now, he will be tomorrow. He doesn't change. You know, when I was growing up, there were denominations that taught that miracles and healing, signs and wonders were done away with. That that was all done away with with the apostles. That, that during that time, while the apostles were on the planet, that, that God did special miracles. And the reason he did them was to establish the church. Once the church was established, that they no longer happen today. Uh, you know, many denominations still believe that way. Many churches believe that way. There are a lot of, a lot of churches today call themselves independent churches. It used to be if you were an independent church, it wasn't a very popular thing. Or, or a non-denominational church. You know, they would say non-denominational or interdenominational churches. And years ago, if you were non-denominational, people kind of looked down at you. You either had to be a Baptist, Assemblies of God, Church of God, Presbyterian, whatever it was. And if you were, now it's, it's in vogue. Everybody wants to be a non-denominational church. However, there are very few really non-denominational churches. And by that I mean, if, you, if you're not careful, you may think that because somebody plays rock music in their service and that they have a, a different package on it, that it is a different kind of church. There are churches here in town that, that look different. They kind of active. They have a form of godliness, but they kinda, they're the same. You know what I'm saying? It's just packaged a little different. And so they still believe that. They still believe miracles are done away with. They wouldn't tell the congregation that, but they still believe it. Do you understand? There's things they still believe. They just avoid them as context or, or so that there's no controversy. Holy Ghost people filled with the Holy Spirit that are baptized in the Holy Ghost sit in churches every week where they don't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and believe it's of the devil. And so I'm, I, I want to make sure that you as a people, that I train you and teach you correctly so that you can see these things and hear those little nuances and those little, those little things that are said to show you what's really there. V investigate it. And, and make sure that you sit in a church, that you go to a church that believes like you. Amen. You know, you ought to be somewhere where you're of like faith. You ought to be somewhere where you're of like faith. Holy Ghost people, baptized in the Holy Ghost, have no business being in a church that doesn't believe in that. You're not of like faith. You ought to go where you believe the same. You ought to listen to teaching that's like what you believe. Be careful that you don't, you know, I mean, somebody said, well, you know, you, I, don't, I don't let it get in me. Yes, it does get in you. It does. I, I tell you, what you hear matters. It matters. And the message that you hear matters. It matters what you hear. And you think, well, it didn't really get into me. Wait till you get into a struggle and find out. And wait till the people that gather around you at the hospital have words to say. Do you understand what I'm saying? Wait, wait. I mean, you have to understand it matters where you go. It matters the teaching. If, if people believe that God puts sickness on you 
and that they have to pray if it be thy will for you to be healed. And, I mean, you, you know what I'm talking about. They'll say, you know, you come into your room, lay hands, and say, Lord, if it's your will, well, you just all of a sudden killed all the faith in the room. There's no sense believing you're going to get healed. Because if you don't already know what the will of God is and you got somebody, I don't just let anybody lay hands on me. I don't know about nobody else, but I don't just let just any old body pray over me and lay hands on me. I want to make sure they got the same spirit that I got. I want to make sure that they're not living in sin when they pray for me. I don't just have prayer meetings and get phone chains together. I'd rather have one Holy Ghost prayer of faith person pray for me than a thousand that didn't have no faith. That's what I believe. The Bible says it is the prayer of faith that will save the sick and the Lord will raise. It didn't just say prayer. Just any old prayer will do you. You, get, you know, I mean, if you don't even know the definition of prayer, you don't even know what you're praying, how to pray. I mean, it's important. I, I want to take a church like this, and I want to teach, and I just absolutely, I said this last week, I want to ruin you. I do. I want to wreck you. I do. I, I want to make sure that when you go out and you start listening to stuff, I mean, immediately you can discern what you do and what you do not believe. you got to know who's your friend. Forever it's settled. God is your friend. God is for you and not against you. God is a, a good God. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. And we, it's, got, it's got to be clear because right along, and, and I know yes, last week I'm sure I emptied out a few seats. I'm fairly confident that a few people who really want to hang on to their mayhem and dismay and their terrible tragedy and call it God left here last week and said, I can't go back to that because they got to fight for their right to be sick. You know, you got to fight. Go talk to some religious folk and tell them God heals all the time and find out how fast that conversation will migrate to a negative. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Because they want to fight for their right. You know, I mean, you tell them that, you know, they'll tell you that uh, God's taking them through something. God's driving them through some wilderness. God's causing this and causing that. You know, and and they don't mean it. It's well-meaning people with great hearts and love the Lord. But that teaching has gotten into them. What you hear is going to get into you. It's going to get into you. It's going to get into you. You got to be careful what you hear. You got to be real careful what you hear because it'll get into you. It'll create inside of you. Words create. And so preaching creates. Be careful what you hear. You've got to be more discerning about what you hear and be sure that it's godly and, and that it is, it is uh, the right teaching for you. And so we need to know what is settled. What is settled? I mean, what is it? And so we said last week, God being a good God is settled. That the things that come to us, the Bible says it is the thief. Look at somebody and say, the thief, the thief. comes to steal, comes to steal. Kill, kill, and to destroy. Now, I didn't get enough excitement out of that, but I'm going to the butt in a minute, brother. Brother Derek's ready to get to the butt. And he's ready to transition right to the butt. I'm with you, brother. I am. <laughs> we may as well preach the God side, right? Amen. The thief, who is the enemy? Please get this in you. Please let me beat this in you. Let me do it. I, I mean, I feel like sometimes like a battering ram going against these old traditional. If you've come out of that or you come from that background and you've heard all those things, you've even said it yourself, you know, you know, uh, you know how that some tragedy would happen in your, ha- in your life and you would begin to thank God that God was showing you something or God was, you know, I mean, I went through such and such and such a terrible thing and the Lord was, uh, uh, you know, of course he's with you while you go through it, but, you know, to say that God did it is a whole different thing. That God used it, 
after the fact, and God, because God can use anything. He'll take anything and turn it good. But it didn't have to come from him. You understand? It didn't come from him. And, uh, and so we've come from those backgrounds, and we, we have to fight that out of us. Listen, you've got to fight that out. How many know what I'm talking about? Have you, I mean, anytime something comes up and some negative thing, those of us that were taught that way, that we were indoctrinated and beat over the head with, you know, that it was God somehow, that everything happened according to the will of God, nothing happened aside from the will of God, was beat into us and beat into us. I mean, of course, they didn't tell us that the Bible is clear to us that the will of God is not always done. It's not always done. Look at somebody say, the will of God is not always done. And just one scripture, I could go through many, but let me just give you one. It is not his will that any should perish, but that everyone should come to everlasting life. One scripture alone should be enough to suffice to explain to you. It's not. There's many more. But one scripture says that God, uh, uh, his will isn't always done. Then I also said that God can't just do anything he wants to do on this planet. And I said it's more like a won't than it is a can't. God can do anything. We'd be ridiculous to suggest that God isn't able. He is all-powerful, all-knowing. But God has set himself and set rules and the laws in order that he will not break. Somebody say amen. He will not break them. Give you a for instance, just one, one word that will help you to understand God can't just do anything he wants to do or you just can't do anything. And here's, here's just, just, just this, okay. He can't die. He is God that ever liveth. Now, that's enough right there. But what about this? He can't lie. How many know God can't lie? The Bible says God cannot lie. Well, that means he can't just do everything. Isn't that true? Do you see that? I mean, it's absolutely true. So if that's the case, then we can see that there are things that God is bound to by his word, and he has guaranteed to us fully that he's going to do or will not do and told us how we can receive. As a matter of fact, if I'm going to get saved, Miss Yolanda, if I'm going to get saved, I've got to do it God's way. There's, the Bible says there's no other name. You see, there's no other name. His word is bound. It's absolutely bound. There is, there is no other name, it says, under heaven whereby man can be saved except the name of Jesus. Amen. See, there's only one name you can get saved. Unless a man is born again, what does it say? He shall not enter the kingdom of God. You must. So there's a rule there. There's, a, there's something that's been set in motion that God said there's no other way around it. You can't get around that rule. There's the rule. And God is like that with everything that he does. He's clear about it. Maybe we need to find out what he said. What is God's will? I like something F.F. Bosworth said that, that I think was a great statement. It's not a scripture, but, but it is a statement that's really good. He said this, faith begins where the will of God is known. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Look at somebody and say that out loud. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Once I know God's will, faith can establish in my heart, and I can act out faith. I can have whatever it is the will of God said I can have. It's forever settled. It isn't going to change. God's not changing his mind next week. He's not changing his mind this week. It is settled. God has already determined exactly what he's going to do and how he's going to do it. 
If I'm going to receive it from God, I've got to receive it the way God said to receive it. I've got to receive it exactly the way God said to receive it. And so the first, one of the first things that I'm saying to you is you must establish in, in yourself that anything good came from God, anything bad came from the devil. If it ain't good, it ain't God. And so when you want to say something about God, redefine it. Sometimes you have to be, because we've been so used to just using cliches and religious jargon, you know. And so right along, we just make statements. Well, uh, you'll say things like this. You'll say, well, God's ways are higher than our ways. Anybody ever heard that but me? Have you all ever used that? The Bible says that he has revealed his ways to us by his spirit. Howbeit the spirit of truth, when he has come, he will lead you and guide you into all truth. See, he's not a mystery to us. He'll be revealed to us by his spirit. That's just a, that's an erroneous statement. Yeah, his ways are higher, but don't forget to say, and he will reveal them to us. Yeah, I mean, make sure that you don't use that as some kind of a religious jargon to paint over some something that's going on in your life. Well, you know, I'm in the middle of this, and God's ways are higher than our ways. I mean, what does God say about your condition? What did God tell you to do? What about speak unto the mountain, be thou removed, and plant it in the sea, and cast it in the sea, and don't doubt in your heart, but believe those things you say shall come to pass. You'll have what, what about my God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that I, I mean, shouldn't we add that into God's ways? Or, I mean, I think God's ways are high enough to take care of anything in my life. They're so high that any challenge that I have, God will take care of it. Didn't he say that? Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord, I mean, if you're going to say God's ways are higher, I don't know how he's going to take care of it, but the Lord shall deliver me out of them all. Look at somebody say all. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you understand we've used these religious phrases. You know, God, God, you know, I mean, and I could just speak them out by the dozen of things that I used to say that I don't say anymore, and I have to police my own words to make sure that I, I say the right things. And let me, let, me just, let me go back to this. The most important thing you and I are going to get from church, the single most, is w- the word that we hear. It, 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 yes, fellowship's important. Yes, politics happen in church. Yes, all that stuff. Yes, the music is important. Yeah, but what if the music's filled with words of doubt? I mean, then it didn't do you much good, did it? I mean, sometimes I go to church and I think I'm in a country music song. Anybody know what I'm talking about? God took my house away, glory, glory. God gave me cancer yesterday. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what to say. God beat me up today. I mean, I just don't know, you know. I mean, just, 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 just what a, you know, do you, you all know what I'm talking about? I feel like, and, and you wonder where they get that stuff from, you know. So I want to make it clear today, the first thing you've got to know is, for the Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes from the Father of life. God is not our problem, has never been our problem, will never be our problem. When you hear somebody say that, reject it. Immediately reject Stop saying it. Now, in, in, in thinking about this, one of the things that I want you to know God has settled forever is healing. Healing is settled forever. It was settled before, it is settled now, and it will forever be settled. 
How many of you realize that God has not changed? Like I said, those doctrines in those churches taught us to believe that God just arbitrarily would change. In other words, if, if as time went along, uh, that, uh, that, um, uh, uh, that the Lord changed his mind about healing or deliverance or miracle signs and wonders, when the apostles were done away with, so all that stuff went away, those miracles, those divine, the divine of God, the, they all went away, and all that remains is love, and you know, we've heard that, right? Faith, hope, and love. Y'all, anybody ever heard that but me? And, and, and so the problem with that is twofold. One, the Bible says that Jesus is the apostle of my faith. Jesus is an apostle, was an apostle, and ever will be an apostle. And here's the thing, he ain't dead. Look at somebody and say, Jesus isn't dead. So if it went away with the apostles, the last one hadn't died. That's very good, isn't it? So the next time one of your friends comes to you and tells you that was done away with the apostles. Because they're going to do it. You don't understand. God doesn't do that anymore. doesn't do miracles. All these signs and wonders. That's speaking in tongues of the devil. Why? Well, it was because the, the last apostle was done. No, he's not done away with. Jesus is alive and ever liveth. The last apostle is still alive. Secondly, if God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then he doesn't have a time of miracles. He's just the God of miracles. It'd be ridiculous to think that God has a timing for stuff when he himself is a miracle. He, he, is, he is. He said, I am. He said, I am that I am. What does that mean? Whatever you need, forever he's it. And he will forever be it. Not, not that there would be moments of it, but he is it. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about? He is healing. He is prosperity. He is whatever you need. He is. He's not going to change tomorrow. He's not going to be a different. Every, every, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's forever the same. So if he was doing miracles, he is. If he is, he will be. If he was healing and he did heal, he is healing and he will heal. See, I would never, ever, I, I mean, I, I, this is just me. I would never, ever, personally, sit under teaching other than this. I don't know what y'all will do, but I would never, under any, I don't care how mad I got. I'm just saying, because I am not going to let my faith be contaminated by some attitude that might be re- um, you understand what I'm talking about? Because you can get, anybody know what, you, what I'm talking about? I'll make myself like somebody that teaches this. <laughs> I will. I'll, I'll determine I'm not going to let anything stop that because I can't afford to lose the message. How often does God heal? Does God heal all the time and every disease and every sickness? I just want to know. According to the Word of God, my answer to that is God heals all the time. All the time. God heals all the time. Whether we see it or not, God heals all the time. As a believer, I have to believe God heals every sickness, every disease, and all the time. Now, why do I say that? I say that because 
if I know, which is what I said last week, that Jesus has already done it, he's not doing it now, then the healing was already provided for every disease and every sickness. Does anybody understand? He's not healing me today, and, and you have to understand. If you don't understand that, you, you've missed it. I receive it today. Now, some people don't receive it. Some people don't walk in it, but that does not mean it wasn't provided and done. Get that in your head. Just because we don't see Aunt Betty didn't get it. If anybody was going to get it, anybody know what? Y'all been there, right? If anybody was going to get it, Aunt Betty is going to get it. I mean, there was no godlier a woman than Aunt Betty. She had scriptures on her fridge. You couldn't walk in her house if there wasn't a worship tune. She was singing to the Lord. Angels would visit her or in her room. If anybody is going to get healed, Aunt Betty was going to get healed. No. I don't know why Aunt Betty wasn't healed. I cannot answer that. But I do know Jesus healed all my diseases and healed all my sicknesses. And whether Aunt Betty got healed or not does not change what Jesus did and who Jesus is. You know, if I was out in the rain, I had an umbrella. And I was standing out in the rain, I'm walking around out in the rain. You know, that's protecting me from the rain. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But if I do this, I'm going to get wet. If I've got the Lord and he protects me, do you know I can walk out from underneath the covering and the blessings of God? I can do things through disobedience, and, and I can cause those things. I can invite those things into my life. God doesn't do it. He just tells me that the wages of sin is death. So if I, want, if I sin, I'm going to earn a wage. There are things in our lives that we will kill in our lives. Blessings. Many things that we want because of disobedience uh, that we have in our life. God deals with us, and he begins to prick us. And he puts his finger on something, and he tells you, you need to deal with that. And it's different for all of us. Do you understand? It's always different, whatever it may be. For me, I can tell you, I'm just going to be, can I confess honestly with you? I tell you everything anyway. I have a serious challenge in my life. It is a serious challenge. There are two of them. One of them, I feel like I have more control now than I have ever had. My, my loudness. I don't, you know, the Bible says be angry and sin not. I have been angry and I have not sinned. But I want to fix that because people always point to that. And they look at me, I mean, see, you can yell at somebody and not sin. Did you know that? Coaches do it every day on a ball field. Y'all ain't sending none of them to hell. It's the truth anyhow. Now, if the preacher does it, I can't listen to him. I have never hit anybody. I have never cussed anybody out or used foul language. I just get loud because I'm just a loud person anyway. But I'm conquering that in my life. I'm winning the victory over it, and it is rare. Rare. Notice I said rare. <laughs> I have not won total victory yet, but I am winning the victory. Let me tell you another area, the fork. Anybody with me on the fork? Anybody know what I'm talking about, about the fork? It is an area that I must, it's God put his finger on it. I'm just being honest. I mean, I mean, you might, for somebody else, it may not even be a sin. I mean, the Bible says gluttony is a sin. Now, I'm not a glutton. I'm just fat. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? 
I mean, you know, America, 50% of us are fat. I think it's a lot of what we eat and everything else, and I think, I think we've just got a lot to work on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But see, God put his finger on mine, and he exposed it to me. He, he said, Stephen, you've got to deal with that. Now, if I don't deal with it, there will be consequences to not dealing with it. To this point, there have been few. I'm on a blood pressure medication. That's part of it. You understand? There's been a few joint issues that I've noticed. I had a knee issue that came up, and I noticed it. And what the Lord has told me is, is Stephen, here's the result. If you don't deal with that, your body's going to break down. You're going to have challenges in your future. There's going to be issues that you're going to deal with. Your daddy had a stroke at 42, Stephen, and lost his left side at 42 years old. He died at 58 because he didn't take care of his health. And, and, and I'm warning you, Stephen. I'm telling you, Stephen. Stephen, listen to me. And I hear it constantly. Now, it will not be God's fault if I have a stroke. I promise you. It will be mine. There's no sense in me looking and saying, God's teaching me something. God's showing me. The Bible says, he, the Spirit, howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will lead me and God. What is it that God has pricked in your life? I sat at a table the other day, and I was the, I was the meal. Have you all ever done that? You sat down, and the Spirit of God came on two ministers, and they started talking to me for 45 minutes, and I just had to sit there and eat it. I felt like a punching bag. But I knew it was God. What is God speaking to you? What is God saying to you? What thing is it that you haven't put under the blood? What thing have you, and it may not, like I said, it doesn't necessarily have to be a sin to somebody else. It's did God speak it to you? Did God tell you to do something about it? I'd love to tell you story after story of people who have come to me. I've had people come up here to the, to the line, and I laid hands on them, and when I laid hands on them to get healed, as I went to put my hands on them, I heard this. I don't want to lose my check. Ain't nobody shouting on that one. <laughs> I heard it as clear as day. They want to get rid of the pain, but don't take the money. I got to keep my disability. I'd rather have my knee. I would rather have my knee. I'd rather have my foot. I'm just saying. I, you know, we blame so much on God as if it's God who's doing it. And I promise you, God is not your problem. And so there's areas that we want to correct, and there's nothing wrong with correcting them. And we need to rely on and, 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 and ask for the mercy of God. I've had so much mercy in my life. Thank God for the mercy of God. And you might want to cry out to God. Even the disciples said, help our unbelief. I mean, so don't get convicted today, but just realize, I want to make it clear that you can overcome. The Bible says that I can overcome everything. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I like the scripture that says, I, look at somebody say, I, I can, can do, do all, all things through Christ who strengthens me. Tell me what's impossible. Nothing. Nothing. There is nothing impossible to you. Nothing that you cannot overcome. Nothing that you cannot do. You can do it. 
you can overcome it. You may not want to. You may be challenged by it, but you can do it. Every sin, every shortcoming, you can overcome it. And you should be working on it. Amen. Forever settle. Now, I want to show you one passage that I'm going to close shortly, but go with me to Luke chapter 13, verses 11 through 16. Very important passage of Scripture. Healing is forever settled. Healing belongs to you. 1 Peter 2.24 says, By His stripes we are healed. I don't have to wonder why somebody does or doesn't. I just know what God said. We are healed. When I lay hands on somebody, I believe what the Word said because that's what God said. I don't try and make excuses for it. If somebody passes away, we don't need to say some, you know, flowery something or another to try and make people feel good. Jesus said, comfort one another with these words. In my house are many mansions. If we leave this, this earth prematurely or leave this earth, we're leaving this earth according to the word. It's accounted unto man wants to die. Ain't no sense trying to make pretty flowery speeches. Let's say what God said. Let's comfort people with what God said comfort them with. And so here's what he said, Luke 13, 11 through 16. You ready? And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity. Say, spirit of infirmity. This is the only time the word infirmity is used in, in the context of sickness. She had a, a spirit of infirmity. A spirit of challenge had come upon her that had brought about sickness. She was infirmed. Anybody understand what I'm talking about? She was sick. The Bible says, and she was for infirmity for 18 years and was bowed together and could no wise lift herself up. When Jesus saw her, he called, him, called her to him and said to her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine sickness or infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight. So this infirm spirit had come upon her, she was bowed over. Jesus saw her. He was teaching in the temple. Somebody once said that, you know, well, this was one of those occasions where Jesus uh, just went to somebody arbitrarily. I don't know. No, this woman was in faith for healing because she was in the place to get it. Does anybody understand? For 18 years, you've been sick for 18 years and bowed over, and you're sitting in the temple. You want something. I mean, this was somebody who wanted deliverance. She wanted healing, and Jesus didn't just pick her out of the crowd. You don't see that. Faith is what causes us to get healed. By thy faith. And so her faith is in action here. We see it. But she was infirm. She had a spirit of infirmity. Something had a, a, had, had a, a, a spirit. Do you see it? Spirit. And straightway, God, she was healed. And her, her, he lifted her hands on her and put his hands on her. And immediately she was made straight and glorified God. I love that gratitude she had. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day and said unto the people. I love that as if they ever healed anybody. She'd been there 18 years sick. They haven't been able to help her at all, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. Don't nobody get what I'm talking about? And yet they're going to be critical because it's on Sunday. I mean, it might not have been on Sunday. It was the Sabbath. I'm just going to say Sunday because for us that's the Sabbath. So here's it is on the Sabbath day, and Jesus performs a miracle. On an infirm spirit. So the demon's been sitting in the church for 18 years. And they ain't done a thing about it. You know, religion's like that. It's got a bunch of this and it ain't got a whole bunch of power to it. 
You better, you know something, we ought to be a little bit more defining of what we're looking at. The Bible said, Jesus said unto them, the blind eyes, the lame walk, the deaf hear, the, the, the eyes are open. He said, do you want to know if I'm the Christ? There are some signs. That, and he also said this, these signs shall follow them that believe. And he said, signs should follow the word. Look, a church that's preaching the word ought to have some folks not only getting saved. I, I, we ought to see some people getting saved, but not just getting saved. 10,000 people in a, bath, in, a, in, a, in a bathtub doesn't mean you're necessarily doing what God called you to do. Don't get me wrong. I'm for 10,000 in a bathtub, but Jesus said, go heal the sick. There ought to be more shouting than that. I know y'all got to get this. You got to get this. You can't just go to church because they got good music. And you certainly shouldn't go somewhere where they're playing rock and roll music. I'm just going to preach it anyhow. We are not of this world. We've been bought with a price. The Bible says glorify God in your members. You cannot glorify God. <laughs> Never mind. I, I, churches today, we ought to have more signs, wonders of miracles. People ought to be getting healed and delivered and set free. And when we see it, we ought to say, that's my church. I ain't going nowhere. I'm going to be rooted. I'm going to be planted. I'm going to help that man get that done. I'm going to support that. I don't like everything he does. I don't even like his big hair. But I'll tell you what, I like what he preaches. I got to get a haircut. It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. I'm going to weave it soon. Sitting in church. We got churches where, where demons camping out, hanging out, living in the church. We ain't done a thing about it, but we're mad when somebody goes, you know something, if you want to, you know, I heard people say this. Here's the thing. I heard a man say this one time. He does what he does. This is what he said. He does what he does in the church because he wants to kick religious spirits in the teeth. Now, what he's doing is he's playing, I mean, playing rock and roll music, every kind of hell you can imagine right from his platform. And he said he does that because he wants to get onto religious spirits. He wants to get the church folks offended. You know, because the religious spirit. Let me tell you something. You don't offend religious spirits by putting hell in the house. You offend a religious spirit by putting heaven in the house. You want to deal with a religious spirit? Get some folks healed and delivered. Get some cancer out of some people. Get some legs grown and some ears open. And then you'll start talking to, to, to religious spirits. I mean, you don't, you don't put the devil on religion. You put God on religion. You don't fill the house with Satan. You fill it with God. We ought to fill people with God. Listen, Shandai. I get, I get aggravated with that stuff. What are you thinking? What in the world are you thinking? I mean, we ought to have so much of God that we drive the world into heaven. Amen? We shouldn't have so much of the world that we drive the church out. That's what you... It's a truth anyhow, Brother Terry. It's a truth. Church is a place that's holy. It's a place where we bring the presence of God, the manifestation of His Spirit. We ought to look for the, the, the presence and the power and the, and the operations of the Holy Spirit. We ought to hear a message about God is good all the time. I know that five points is good, but we ought to have Holy Ghost five points. Anyway... The ruler was filled with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day and said unto the people, there are six days 
I can just hear it. Can y'all hear it? There are six days in which a man can work. In them, therefore, come and be healed. And not on the Sabbath day. Lord God. You hear it? God is the same every day. He's the same on Monday. He's the same on Tuesday. He's the same on Wednesday. He's the same at midnight. He's the same at 8 a.m. He's the same yesterday. He'll be the same tomorrow, and he's the same today. And he'll heal on Sunday. He'll heal on Monday. He'll heal on Tuesday. He'll heal on Wednesday. He'll heal on Friday and Saturday. It don't matter what day you come to Jesus. He said, call on me. Call on me, and I will answer thee, and I will show you great and mighty things which you know not. My God is the same. He's a healer. He will always be a healer. He was a healer then. He's a healer now. He'll heal me any day of the week, any time of the day. Glory to God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, you hypocrite. I don't think he said it nicely either. Some of y'all might have got mad at him and said, you know what? He said that mean. He was very nice about that. How'd you like me to walk up and call you a hypocrite? I bet you'd quit the church. You hypocrite. That preacher called me. I actually had a person leave the church over that. I didn't call him a hypocrite. I said they were ignorant. I meant it in a very nice way. I wasn't trying to be mean. I was very serious. I said, y'all are just ignorant about this situation, and you, don't, you just don't understand you're ignorant about it. Oh, my God. You called me ignorant. Well, I'll tell you what, if the shoe fits, never mind. I didn't say that. I, saw, I just thought it. I just thought it. I didn't say it, sister. I just thought it. Have y'all ever done? Y'all thought that. Y'all look like y'all holier than me. Come on. I didn't say it. I just thought it. It was in my mind. Jesus said it. <laughs> he called them everything in the book. Took out a whip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, y'all act like he, uh, he just, I know what he did. He just fanned it in the air. You get out. You, sh- sh- you shouldn't be selling in the house of God. This is God's house. Oh, woe is me. Oh, you Pharisees, you Sadducees. Oh, Jesus. All right, the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrite! Do not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox and his ass from the stall and lead them away to watering? A non-soul. You, you trying to tell me, Jesus said, are you trying to tell me that a donkey or, a, or an ox with no soul can't go one day without water, but you'd let this lady go 18 years without healing? You wouldn't let your donkey go one day without water. You're going to walk him out. But you'll let that lady sit there for 18 years and tell me that Jesus can't heal on the Sabbath day? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? Are you serious? Jesus was mad. Are you serious? What does that tell you about the indignation God has towards health and towards, towards your healing? 
God says you're more important. He knows the very hairs on your head. He has them counted and numbered. He said he knows every sparrow that falls from the sky. He knows every blade of grass. Let me tell you something. He cares for you. Consider the lilies. Consider the lilies. God cares so much about your healing that if you'll receive what he's already done, he'll heal your body. He'll touch your body. He'll deliver you from sickness. You don't have to be sick. You don't have to be diseased. You don't have to be in pain. Come on here. Come on here. I love this. And ought not this woman. Oh, I just can't imagine. I would have loved to have been there. Y'all would have seen a for show, Pastor Steve. And ought not this woman, being a daughter. I love that. He qualifies it. The Bible says it was the devil. Look, she's the daughter of Abraham. Ought not this woman, being a daughter, are not you now the sons and daughters? I just quoted it. Are you not now? Have you not inherited the promises of God? Are you not the sons and I'm the son of. Ought not this daughter being, a, this woman being a daughter of Abraham, whom, who did it? Uh, uh, let's get it clear. Let's get it right now. Let's get it right. Come on. Get it right. Get it right. Get it right. Who did it? Whom Satan hath bound. Lo, these many years, these eight years. Shouldn't she be loosed from her bond today? Oh, glory to God. You are the children of Abraham, heirs to the promise of God. The Bible says that healing belongs to you. Healing is the children's bread. Healing is God's desire. God said, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as healing belongs to you. It's forever settled. Healing belongs. Shout to the Lord. Stand up on your feet and give the Lord some praise. Come on, praise him.